Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bethlehem Church of Christ podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that today's message encourages and inspires you and helps you on your journey to discover and follow the will of God. The outline of this message, speaker, message title, and series can be found in the show notes or the details page. Be sure to check us out on Facebook or on our church website at Bethlehem505.com. And now, here is the message. trials that we have to face when defining our faith, because we don't just wake up one day and suddenly we got it, right? We know everything about the Bible. We have the strongest faith in the world, and we're crushing it in every single area related to that, because a lot of us, we have to start at the beginning. We have to start reading, coming to a place and listening to somebody preach about the word. We have to figure out what our faith means, right? It's not just like suddenly, yeah, I believe God because I got faith. No, like faith is a big thing. There's a lot that's tied with it, and there's a lot to be defined by it. One of the biggest trials we tend to face is the judgment we receive from, it could be friends, it could be family, it could be friends down the street, but the biggest one that I think we all notice is the way media portrays what it's like to be a Christian. You see, the media likes to focus on the things that get views. And people don't want to see this peaceful church that, you know, they're trying their best to serve the community and one another. They want to see the churches that are screwing up. They want to see the churches that have people working there and did something wrong and they had to leave the church. And, you know, we're going to make this a big old headline. We're going to point out all the small details that tell you, hey, this person was bad or he was in the wrong position. And then people see that and they just assume that's what they're going to get their faith out of. And there's so many churches like this that are just full of love, full of servanthood, full of leadership, full of those who understand that God gave us clear instructions on how to serve our people. And there are so many churches that are trying their best to do the right. And though they may not get every single piece of it right, they're still trying so hard, and God loves them for it. I have a lot that have, has gone into being the best church in town, because if you don't know, I used to be the bartender that worked there, and I love that job. It was so much fun, you know, like, I, I enjoyed mixing the drinks together, talking with people, chatting with them, getting to know about their stories, and all that while I'm behind the bar. Like, it's, it's almost like therapy, but I didn't really get any. I just kind of walked in there and did my little job. But that, I mean, I didn't even make it to an interview before I was asked about being a Christian. Like, that, I, I didn't make it day one before they asked me about being a Christian. And I'm glad they did because it opened up a lot of conversation with the people I worked with. They asked me about being a Christian because, obviously, stay away from it. Some people say it's okay. I'm one of those people I say it's allowed and I'm very responsible and you know, I don't go over the 
explaining that. But when I was interviewing, they saw that I had wrote down, uh, written down that I was going to Great Lakes Christian College in Florida, and I was very excited to start. I had worked for five years out of high school before I was finally able to save up enough to go to college. I was very excited, and I couldn't wait to tell everybody. So I put it on the application because I wanted them to know, like, hey, I want to work there, but also I need to get this other degree. So they asked me about that, and they're like, well, with you serving the Greek and all that, are you going to judge people if they read the Greek more than others? Are you going to stop people just because they need to, stuff like that? I was like, no, I mean, I understood. Like, it was, it was a job. I had responsibilities that I had to do. Like, my goal, I wasn't hired to preach there. I was hired to serve drinks. So that's what I did. But God still found a way to make that a small ministry for me. Because one of the coolest things that came out of being a bartender was I was actually known in that town as the bartender that wanted to be a musician. And I'm not kidding. I would have people, they drove from like 40 minutes away because there weren't a whole lot of places to go where I lived. They would drive like 40 minutes away. They would come in here and you could always just kind of tell which bartender was really going to be an impact shaker for that bar. Uh, There was like a very big difference between myself and then like maybe the couple girls that worked there. Um, Yeah, so er, I mean pretty much you could come in and they go, oh yeah, there's a guy there that works there. So out of the four girls and one guy that worked there, it was a pretty long shot that they would get it wrong. But they, people would come in and they would ask me genuinely, like, you're the bartender that wants to be a pastor, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. I'm going to school for it in the fall, and we're going to see how it goes. Like, it's something I've been wanting to work towards since I was, like, in my senior year of high school. Um, And it did, in fact, more people than you would expect were like, that's awesome. Like, that sounds really cool. Um, I didn't know, the weird question people would always give is, are you allowed to work in a bar? Which I always found funny because if you need to make money and you need a job, like, get a job. Don't don't let people tell you, like, oh, you can't work there because it has bad implications for you. Like, if you got to work, you got to work. And I understood that. I needed to make money. I had bills to pay. I had to pay for college, which if you have gone, you know it's very expensive. So I had to work. I worked almost seven days a week for, like, three months straight um, at one time because of how much I needed to work to save up money. But during that whole time, I was constantly getting people in. They're like, are you the guy that wants to be a youth pastor? Are you the guy that wants to be a youth pastor? And it was always really cool when I got to answer and tell people, like, yes, I am, and I'm very excited. And they were always welcoming. They were always receptive. They they were super nice. And it, it was wonderful because in doing so, I got to know people who they would come to my bar specifically to hang out with me. They would go, like, oh, I want to learn about you and, like, why you're doing this. Like, because of that stigma that, churches should be nowhere associated with alcohol or anything like that. Yeah, obviously, we're not going to bring alcohol in here, but if you choose to drink, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no judgment on you because it's allowed. But in all that fun of getting to know people, talking to them, getting to get on deeper conversations with them while they're, you know, patrons at the bar, I had a few times where people would come in and, you know, I got judged pretty heavily or actually had a co-worker who for the first month that I worked there she refused to work with me because she didn't want to get to know me because she heard I was a Christian 
and she assumed that would mean I was going to tell her, hey, that party lifestyle you live, you need to knock it off right now. She assumed I was just going to immediately go in there, start telling her all the bad things that go on in her life are her fault, and she needs to work on it. And I was like, I don't, by the time I finally got to work with her, I actually talked to her about that. I was like, oh, you know, we haven't gotten to work together, and we got to know each other, and I found out that she came from a Catholic family and was abused growing up, and that's the reason for it, you know, but I spent a lot of time, and I got to talk to her and get to know her, and after a while, eventually, she even told me directly, she's like, actually, I didn't think Christians could be so cruel to be around, I thought they were going to be very judgmental, and again, it's just like thinking, like, how beautiful and beautiful Christians are just there to tell you you're amazing and God, but they're not, they're there to tell you, first and foremost, you're loved by the Almighty Creator, that is the very first thing you need to be telling her, and boy, was I ever wrong. Another time at the bar was when I had two patients come in. They came in, sat down. There was nothing wrong was going on. They were very respectful to me at first, and then somebody else came in and said, oh, yeah, this is a youth pa- uh, bartender that wants to be a youth pastor, and these two girls, their heads just shot up, and they just started throwing insults at me. Quite literally, they opened it up by going, ew, you want to be working in a church? Like, that's gross. I can't believe all that. And I won't go into some of the stuff they brought up, but if you know of some awful things that, like, a Catholic priest has done before, like, they immediately went into all this. And I was like, like, guys, that's not me. Like, you've already been here for half an hour, and I haven't said one thing to you to make you think I'm going to judge you and be rude to you, but they still, they kept going on and on, and they started being rude and harassing me just because I was Christian. Like, again, when it came to serve them another drink, they were nice to me because I got them what they wanted, but when it came to me just harassing, they, they couldn't let it go. They continued to tell me how awful I was just for being a Christian, but clearly they didn't understand it. They didn't know me, and they clearly don't understand the shame in me. Like, if they did, they wouldn't be doing this. They would understand that even being in this church and seeing what I've been through has been very difficult and isolating and harassing me. And I'm sorry for that. And it's those moments where you're getting insulted, where you're being put down, where even though you're doing what the Bible says, but people are still telling you you're wrong. Those are the moments that we define our faith. Because some people, when they're put up through those hardships, they're religious folk. They can't take it. They're like, I don't, I don't want to be part of this church. Or I don't want elders. I don't want deacons. I don't want to be in some kind of fellowship. But we know that God will stand with us through these trials. In 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7, it says this. In this you rejoice, even if for now for a little while you've had, sorry, I'm getting thrown over, you've had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that though perishable is tested by fire, may be found to result in paradise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And I don't have it up there, but I'm going to continue anyways, because I think it's important. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. 
For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We're going to going to run into obstacles because we're not in the same place. We're going to meet somebody eventually that is going to have a different view on us. We're going to meet somebody who says, absolutely not. I don't want anything to do with a part of that. Like even one, one of my best friends, he was a groomsman in my wedding, is an atheist. And I love him so dearly. He allows me to talk to him about the Bible. He doesn't allow many people that. And I hope one day he does that. But it took me years to get him there. It took me years of talking to him just for him to allow me to say, hey, can I at least show you what my view of this is? Like, he's one of those guys, he's constantly looking at the news, watching the news, online, reading all these issues going on and that's how he bases his worldview and it's very disheartening because even though he's one of my best friends even though he sees that what he's viewing online what he's gleaning from social media is not true and we tell him that constantly he still can't get there and every time I talk to him I pray that we can go a little bit further and one day he gets to accept Jesus but I'm going to be right there cheering him on. Don't go with that crowd. But we're going to go through these trials, and they're going to be different for everybody. So it's hard to say, I can't tell you that. It's going to be this, and you have to do this in your life. I can't tell you that. There's differences for everybody. But there's somebody who knows if you have that or not. There's somebody who's there to guide you through these trials. And we all know who that is it's clearly God he's there even the Bible understands like you're going to face these trials but there's somebody there for you who loves you who cherishes you who values every single piece of you God is there for you we know the strength our faith when we go through these trials. Because if we if we were never tested, if there wasn't a trial to face, how would we know how strong our faith is? And these trials, they sound hard sometimes. They sound miserable, but I promise you they are not. God has them there for a reason. God is waiting for you to just say doesn't matter how hard it's getting. doesn't matter how much suffering I'm having to go through. I still choose you, Lord. And he's so happy when you choose him. Because just as he, just by choosing him, you have beaten these trials. It doesn't mean you won. You will probably lose a few. But you have beaten them by choosing God. By following choose him, your faith becomes stronger and stronger as you follow him. 
evening and it feels like we're beaten down and taken home because we're right on the edge of I don't know if this is true or not. But we still continue to choose God because it's what we know. I'm waiting for you. I trust that you'll lead me through this. And I'm just going to continue to praise you for what you're doing. Begin to create pathways of blessing for me this year. You're going to make it through this. You have a strong plan. And one day, I'm going to be at the cross with you. Because by proving we have a strong faith, by going through these trials and still choosing God, we get to meet him. We get to meet him in heaven. That's a promise he made us. Because this life here is imperfect. It's going to be full of trials. And it's not going to be easy. Some of us will probably only cover it in heaven. But God is there waiting for you with an open arms waiting. He can't wait to take that away from you. And I can't wait to meet him with you in heaven. First Peter 4, 12 through 16 says this. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is just perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe that love God has for us. I totally made a mistake and read the wrong scripture. (laughs) And that's beyond embarrassing like my face is probably already I'm sunburnt and my face probably got even more red just from that that's so funny (laughs) that's so funny I put the bookmark in the wrong spot I'm gonna read the right one now so (laughs) beloved Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to prove you. As though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings. So that you may also be validated, or may also be glad and shout for joy in the glory of your God. If you are reveled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, a criminal, or even as a churchgoer. Yet if any of you suffers as a Christian, do not consider it it a disgrace, but glorify God because you share his glory. Going back to when these people came to me in the valley and they were bitter and they were just because I was a Christian, they didn't know 
what the Bible was about. They clearly didn't know God, and they clearly didn't know me. They were judging me based off their own misinterpretation from what the media told them. And I wanted to be upset. I want, I truly, I had the ability, I could tell people back then, get lost, get out of here, you're done, I'm cutting you off. All the work, I could tell people to leave. But I knew God didn't want that. And I was kind of glad they weren't in my church. I wanted to take care of myself. I wanted to be proud. In fact, I knew that God wanted me to be proud over the fact that I'm being insulted just for being a Christian. I told the students this morning, that's like insulting somebody for winning the lottery. That, what do you gain from that? They have something so valuable that they just got. And you're going to go, well, I'm going to make fun of me, and I'm probably going to kill you. Bye-bye. Like, there's nothing greater than God's love. There's nothing stronger than God's love. There's nothing worth more than God's love. So even at the time, I didn't recognize that as a trial. Like, I, it didn't come at me. I didn't go, oh, these are, these are tough. I don't like them. What do I do? Like, I knew immediately to share with them the love that God showed me through his son. You see, we can be prepared for these trials just by continuing to pray about it, just by continuing to study and read the Bible going to classes to get a deeper understanding about it. We can be prepared for these trials, these hardships that we're going to have to face as Christians. We can know exactly what we have to do to succeed and to grow stronger in our faith. And the answer is right here. Like this has the answer to pass these trials to strengthen your faith. To know the love of God. It's all in here. And sometimes it's tough. Because we can be doing everything perfectly. And we fail to do it. We can be studying. Reading. Praying. Attending church. Youth group. Sunday school. All these extracurricular classes. We can continue to go there and we're still going to fail the test. And honestly, there's going to be times where you're doing everything to the best of your ability and it still just feels like nothing's going right. I've had many of those times where it's like, I feel like I'm crushing it. I was an intern at a church. I was working two jobs at the time. Like, I was energetic. I was. It felt like things were going good, but when it came to my actual relationship with God, it felt like he wasn't there for a while. It felt like he, he was like, oh, well, you're doing good enough, so I'm not going to worry about you. And like those times are when I, I struggle the hardest because I'm constantly, I'm wanting God to say, hey, what's the next thing? Like send me somewhere else to do more. Give me more ways to serve. Help me understand what I need to do more. moments where I feel like I don't know where this is going, that's when I say, trust me. That's when I'm like, what am I doing?
doing things right, even when I'm doing things right, I still question, like, am I doing this right? Just because I don't know what the next thing I'm supposed to do in God is? And I want to share with you guys a quote, and it's actually from a song from Dylan, and I kind of stole it. But it's this, and it has stuck with me for a really long time. It says, when waiting for God to open the next door, praise him in the hallway. And I love that because personally for me, I needed that quote. I needed to know even when I'm, I'm getting past these trials, even when I'm doing things right, and it just feels like God doesn't have something for me at that time, and, and I'm wanting to do something so desperately, I have to remember, hey, sometimes it's just about the question. It's just about trusting God in the hallway, in your emotions, in your emotions. So I like that quote because it's saying, praise him in the hallway. Because while we're waiting, we need to continue thanking him, praising him, saying, Lord, even if I'm not doing something major right now, I'm still following you. And I just love when that shows up, the ways that you can serve, the stuff God has for you to do, it's everywhere. Just because not everything is this big explosion of an event, whether it's preaching, whether it's running a class, whether it's creating all these different programs for our children's teens, adults, Sometimes it's just when you're in the church and you're in the word and you can praise him for for all of who he is all throughout the day. So I wanted to share with that because I think it's important for us to remember even after we face these trials, even when we're succeeding in doing things right, sometimes we're going to hit that wall Sometimes God can go like in waiting, for example. But while we're waiting, let's not forget to praise God, to thank him, to serve his glory. Because that is what God really is looking for from you. So yeah, you can be told like, okay, I need you to go do this thing. And you can do that flying colors and emails all the time. You're going to succeed and do it just to your best ability, but sometimes he knows, like, hey, wait, I need to let you take on reality and remember the foundation of this event. So let's go forward and let's face these trials with God at the front of our mind. When we're dealing with people who are insulting us for being Christians, when we're looking at social media telling us that this is what Christianity is, this is what people who believe in God act like, when we know full well that that is wrong, praise the Lord that you know that this is the truth. Praise the Lord that he gave us a book that is studied by scholars, studied by all of us here, and there are even different ways to read it. I like translate. I like like three different translations, and there's like thousands. Not all of them are the best, so 
But sometimes it's nice to have a different point of view from just somebody who's different than you two are. Just to be able to, like, oh, this word in this translation matches this, but I'm going to go to a different one to see. Like, I like translations that are a little closer to the original, like, biblical text, just because it gives me a stronger idea of what they were saying back then. But I still love newer ones, too, because they give us, they take the words tactfully and they say, hey, this is what, this is what they were saying, but in our language. So there are answers in the Bible, and you can find them. Trust in the Lord, and he'll get you through all the trials of your life. Trust in the Lord. I believe this. If we continue trusting in the Lord, it doesn't matter what Christian media says about us. It doesn't matter what people who are accused through the name of Lord God say about us. Because when we trust in the Lord and we follow in him and we honor in him, we're serving his master. We are hearing the truth of the word of the Lord. So let's go forth this week. And no matter how tough it may get, or how easy it may get. Continue to praise God for creating you, for giving you purpose, for giving you value, for loving you. Thank you for listening to the Bethlehem Church of Christ podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and think others can benefit from it, we encourage you to share it on social media, subscribe to our podcast, or leave us a rating and review on the podcast platform you use. You can also connect with us online at Bethlehem505.org or find us on Facebook. Please join us next time as we each seek to understand God's word and follow his son, Jesus Christ.